0: Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. But the title for today is worry proofing. Worry proofing, or or some people are saying we should call it no worries, or, or my worries are over. So I got a little diff- lot of different titles, but I'm I'm calling this worry proofing. Anybody here struggle with worrying? You're at the right place because we're going to worry proof you, just like you rust proof a car. I'm going to worry proof you today, all right? And oh, actually God's going to do it. The t- the passage is Matthew six twenty six to thirty one. Now we started uh, last week. Two weeks ago, Matt, the clock was here last week. Two weeks ago, we were on Matthew 6.25, and I'll just read that verse to you. We started it off with, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? And once again, if you weren't here, grab the DVD, because it kind of builds. We're going to do a three-part series with this one. It builds, but get the DVD um, or listen to the podcast, especially because we have a good song with a good video to go with that, a Steve Green song, on, no, 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 Keith Green song to go together with that. But we talked about how worry is sin. It's a sin to worry. It shows a lack of faith, that we're not trusting God. That's what it, it shows. And we came up with a formula for this. And the formula, with a slide, do we have it this time? Promise me we have it this time. Oh, there we go. We're good, we're good. We didn't have it last time. All right, so... Remember the formula I came up with for this? It was do your best for God, pray that it would be blessed by God, and then we rest in God. And the idea is we do the best we can, and then we pray and ask God to bless it, do whatever he wants. It's according to his will, whatever he wants to accomplish what he wants to do. We pray that it would be blessed, and then we rest. We let God do his thing. And remember, we did the Keith Green song, he'll take care of the rest, listen to that on the podcast. But that's that's what we came up with, that it's... that. To, to try this and, and I've been trying this because a couple weeks have been working on this and I really tried it and it worked amazing I was at one of the kids games and I'm not going to tell you which kid but I was at the kids game and, and I, it was a real tense game and I was like you know all the parents were getting crazy both sides getting crazy I, you know I'm just I did my best with this kid And i am just pray, God, you do what you want to do. And I I was able to really just sit back and enjoy the game. It was amazing. I didn't get all crazy. Not that I ever do. But I didn't get all crazy. And uh, I was like, I really enjoyed it. Now, if I could just apply that to the pro sports, because I was watching the Yankees play yesterday, and I got upset. I was yelling at the TV, and uh, Megan and I were very upset, uh, especially when Jeter broke his foot. Now we really have to trust God, because we don't have Derek Jeter. But anyway, uh, I'm, I'm digressing here. But... Some of you are enjoying it, aren't you? I know some of you, bad karma, bad karma, bad karma. All right, so, uh, I know there's no such thing as karma. All right, so, it's really dumb to worry. It's really dumb to worry. It doesn't do any good, and Jesus gives proof, which we're going to look at today, and this is the whole worry-proofing thing. He gives proofs, three, several proofs that tell us why we shouldn't worry. Let's pray first. Father, we thank you for the worship today. Thank you for bringing each person here today that you've brought. You know why we're here and what your purpose in our lives are and how you want to work in our hearts. And just ask that your Holy Spirit would speak through your word now, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, Matthew 6, I'm going to read the passage again. Matthew six twenty-five to 34, although we're going to do a couple verses. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? I think i get an amen on that one, right? So verse 25, he starts off, once again, we covered that a couple weeks ago. Do not worry. Worry is a sin. It's a lack of faith. It shows that we're not trusting God. But then he goes on to give practical proof, several from nature, which show why it's dumb, why it doesn't do any good. Worrying does no good, why it's dumb. He gives several proofs, and the first one is in verses 26 and 27. the first proof is the birds, all right? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? So the, the first proof that Jesus gives on why there's no need to worry is to look at the birds. That's proof that God will provide. Because birds live by instinct. They live by instinct. They, they go look for their food daily. That's what they do. They daily go out by instinct looking for their food. And God provides for them. But humans, we are the highest on the food chain. We don't live by instinct. We live by intelligence. Okay, faith, we're going to get to in a little bit. But, but we live by intelligence. All humans live by supposedly live by intelligence. Uh, the, we, God still provides for us, and we must still depend on him in faith. Someone mentioned faith a minute ago. But he teaches us in Proverbs. You read the book of Proverbs, and he teaches us how to prepare for the future, how to Take care uh, to save and, and, and store up our food and, and get ready for times of, of lean times. So, we're taught, to, we by intelligence are taught by God to store up ahead of time, so we have even less reason to worry than the birds, right? Very little. That's all the more reason why we shouldn't worry compared to a bird. We talked about the Philippines and the ministry in the Philippines. When I was in the Philippines, it's just amazing to see how much simpler lives the people in the Philippines live. They they have very little, they worry about very little, and I have to tell you they're much, much happier and content than we are even with their little. It's just it's amazing to see that. They even though we have a lot more, we don't have nearly the, the, the happiness that they have. And this, the camp that we're doing, it's, I want to really encourage you to pray about that. Sponsor kids, sponsor several kids, do whatever you can. Because these kids are reaching out to their unsafe friends in a very difficult area, a very dangerous area. They are. It's the area of Philippines, which is dangerous. It's on the news all the time. And they, these kids last year were selling. They have almost nothing, but they were selling their stuff to get their friends to camp. They were selling like their... Clothes and shoes, all kinds of things that were what we would consider necessity. They were selling that just to get their kids, their friends to camp. And when I saw that, I'm like, we got to help out more. You know, we can, we can, we're not sacrificing even really for us to give, right? And it's, it's just, it just really helps our whole perspective to see how other Christians in other countries are living. But the proof that we don't need to worry, back to the birds, is that the, the birds, and that God is going to provide. And Jesus goes on to say, He says, How much more valuable are we than birds, right? We're more valuable than birds. So if God takes care of them, He's going to take care of us. We are created in God's image. Animals aren't humans. We are created in God's image. We are created for eternity, something animals are not. We are created for eternity, and God loves us. He loves us so much that he gave his only son to die for us. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God loves us so much that he sacrificed his only son in our place. That's what communion is all about. That's what we're celebrating communion. Communion is remembering the bread represents the body of Christ. the, The the. Grape juice represents the blood of Jesus Christ and how Jesus came and gave his body and gave his blood to, to, so that we could be forgiven and washed clean and made new people in Jesus Christ. Well, all the songs that we were singing this morning, beautiful, beautiful. And God did that for us. So if we have put our faith, if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you haven't, I hope you do today. I hope you don't leave without doing it. But if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you said, God, I believe Jesus died on that cross for me in my place, I Ask you to forgive me because of what Jesus did on the cross for me. And I put my faith in him. I give my life to him. Once we take that step, the Holy Spirit, we've talked about this many times, the Holy Spirit comes inside and we actually become children of God. We are adopted by God. We become his child, his children. Now, let me say something. Do we really think... Think about all the worrying we do. Do we really think that God would go through all the trouble to send his only son to die for us so that we could be adopted by him and become his children only so that he could neglect us? Does that make any sense? It doesn't, does it? What we're really saying when we worry, what are we really saying? We're really saying we're afraid to trust him. Now sometimes it's because we don't know the promises and we're maybe a new Christian and we don't know the promises and we have to get those promises out of the word and memorize them and and make them our own and and treasure them in our heart and let them transform our way of thinking. But even after that, we still get nervous, don't we? Because we are afraid to trust God because we're not sure what he might let happen to us. (laughs) Isn't that true? We We know God. He's our father. But... What are we really afraid of? We're not sure what he's going to let happen to us. That makes us nervous. What is he going to let us go through? It's a trust issue. And Jesus goes on to say, don't worry about what's going to happen to you, because it says in verse 27, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Who who, who by worrying can add a single hour? Worry actually doesn't add to our life. It does what? Subtracts. We all know stress and anxiety and worry actually take minutes and hours off our life. It's a proven scientific fact. But what's the connection with the birds in this verse? What's the connection with this verse and the birds and life and death? What is Jesus getting at? Let's look at Matthew 10 because it fills out a little more here. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 29 to 31, where Jesus says, if I can find it. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your Father? And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered, so don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. You see the connection why that verse is in this passage? It's the whole picture of that we can't die until it's God's time. Nothing can touch us. Not even death can touch us without our dad's okay. Do you understand that? Nothing can touch us. If we have put our faith in Jesus Christ, we have become a child of God, adopted as a child of God, we have the assurance that nothing gets by our dad. Nothing. Nothing gets by our dad. So we don't have any need to be anxious. We don't have any need to be worried about today or today. Our future. We have no need to do that. Because not only will he meet our needs, and this is what he's getting at here, not only will he meet our needs and send many blessings, which we should be thankful for, we have that assurance, but we also know that any trial that we're facing has a positive reason. Any trial that we're facing has a positive purpose in our life. That God is trying to do something. We have that assurance because of all these verses coming together here. I take my kids for walks. Life, you've ever driven through our neighborhood, you see me out walking with a bunch of kids. People think it's a parade. It's not a parade. It's my kids. All right? so, uh, but I don't say, "Hey guys, you want to go for a long hard walk?" Because I want to get them in shape. I'm trying to discipline them. I'm trying to get them ready for something, and get and teach them perseverance. All those things. I, I don't see you want to go for a long way? I say, hey, you guys want to go down the creek and catch some fish or frogs? Or want to go to the playground? Sure. But I take the long way around. You know, and we walk a couple miles. And even from the time they're three up, they're out there. You'll see them running along there, keeping up. Only Baby D, Danielle's still in the stroller. Everybody else is running, walking. And they're like, can we take a bike? Once in a while, let me take a bike. But you say, no, no, no. If we're going to be going in the woods. You don't, can't have your bike. I'm really just trying to get them in shape. And, and as a result of doing that, and we do it a lot, they, these guys are getting into pretty good shape. Little Andrew, four years old, he can run a mile, no problem. And and uh, I, I get him into really good shape. And then soccer comes along, and everybody's surprised. My kids can just run and run and run and run and run. Why? Because they've been out walking all this time with me, and, and, and I was working on something in their life. They can run all day. And it's because that's what I'm trying to accomplish in their life. I'm trying to Get them in shape, trying to discipline them physically and get them in shape. And, and I also timed them in a, in a mile. When they get to be like six or seven or eight, we start timing on that whole presidential thing. I look up the time, and I, I, I have them run. Sarah does workouts with them. And, and, I, and, they, and I time them in the mile. And, and I want them to try to hit a certain time. And I'm getting to a point here. And I remember when I first started doing this with the kids, they would the older ones would get upset, didn't like it. Now the younger ones just know it's expected. But I remember... I, I remember when Megan was, what were you, about eight years old? Were you eight? Uh, Megan was, I was going to time her in a mile. She might be seven or eight, and she had to break nine minutes. And she was, really upset. What? i got to run a mile for a time. And, and I knew she could do it. We went on walks and running and stuff. But she was like panic-stricken. Like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And because and, she puts a lot of pressure on herself. So she goes out running and I'm standing there with a the stopwatch. And, and Ryan and Matthew are out jogging. And, and Megan, you can hear her screaming. Just cry. I can't do it. I can't do it. Just cry. I mean, screaming. You know. And Kim finally said, Chuck, Please, the neighbors are going to call the police. You, you know, uh, you know, going to, we're going to be in trouble. I, 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 I went out finally found her out there. and I said, Megan, come on. I'll, I'll jog with you. I'll run with you. Just, let's just go for a run, okay? And so we started walk, running and jogging. And I probably couldn't do it today. But we're running. And uh, while we're out running, the, um, we, I start, start talking to her. And I start talking about this and talking about that. And meanwhile, we're jogging. And all of a sudden, we finish the mile. I said, okay, we're all done. She goes, what, we're all done? I go, yeah, and you beat the time. It's 8.50. What? I beat the time? She was all excited. I go, that wasn't her way. No, it wasn't. And, and from then on, she could run without screaming and get me arrested. All right? So, it, and, and the rest is history. Now she's like, you know, running circles around everybody. And I always say, Megan, when you get interviewed, I want the first thing to say, thank you, God. But then I always say, thank you to my dad who ran with me, you know? And so, so uh, I, I, but, but you know what? This is what God does with us, doesn't he? That's what God does with us. He, he disciplines us. He tests us. He, has, he stretches us. He grows us through painful experiences, right? He uses the pain to grow us. And, and, and when it's really hard, he runs with us. He actually always runs with us, doesn't he? But when it gets really hard, he carries us. Footprints, you all know the poem. That's what God does with us. And we have to trust him that he has a purpose for what we're going through. We have to trust him that he's going to work all things together for good. That it's according to his good purpose. The birds, don't worry. second reason we shouldn't worry is, verses 20, 31, flowers. Once again, nature, he says... He says, don't worry about clothes. And what's it, what do we look at? Look at the flowers. Nobody is better dressed than the flowers. Not even Solomon who wore golden clothing. You know, he, Nobody's ever dressed better than Solomon. And yet even they don't look as good as the flowers. And, and so Jesus' point is it's kind of dumb to worry about clothes or to focus on clothes or to spend a lot of money on clothes. Nobody here does that. So, you know, closets full. You know, if, if people in a... Philippines could see what we have in our closets, they'd be shocked, you know? I'm shocked when I look in closets, you know? It's a, it's a crazy, you know? It's just, we, 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 we don't need this stuff, right? It's dumb to worry about. Every time there's a fashion change, you know, every couple years, we've got to get all these, go out and buy all these new clothes. Why do we let the world dictate what we need and, and spend all this money on, right? Now, of course, I'm not a good person to talk to because... Uh, I have, ever since I was young, I've always had my favorite pair of pants and favorite shirt, and I wear the same thing over and over, and they get holes in them, now you guys are going to start watching me. I, I'll admit, I only wear a couple different pair of clothing. I have shorts and sh- pants and, and shirts, and, and my mom used to take them and throw them out, and I would get upset, but now Kim does it to me. She's like, that has holes, you can't wear that. She'll allow it this place, but not church, or, well, anyway, now Kim d- tells me, uh, but the pro- promise is that God will clothe us. God will clothe us. He'll make sure that we have what we need. Even if you have 13 kids, 14 kids, God will still clothe us. Listen, you know what? It's crazy to have a lot of kids, right? It's crazy. You can't afford a lot of kids. I'm going to get all- just the clothes. But you know what? something? By faith, we have a lot of kids. And we have never, I don't ever remember buying clothing we just don't buy clothes. What we do have is bags of clothes on our porch constantly, big bags of clothes. And, and Kim just takes them and sorts them and gives a lot away and puts them down in the basement. Our crawl space is um, overflowing with all these clothes because we don't want to buy any. She just keeps passing my bed. But we've, it, the thing is, what my point is, we've never bought clothes. I don't think we've bought anything. But we always have the clothes that we need for the kids. And a lot of them are brand new with tags on them. It's amazing the number of people that go out and buy clothes for the kids. Kids never even wear them, and then they give them to us. It's a great deal, great deal. But God does that for everybody. We can trust him to meet our needs, food, clothes, whatever it is. And that's why he says, you of little faith. Now, the word there in the Greek it's in English, it's you of four words. In Greek, it's one word. Because there's no English word that matches this. But, it, but it, you know how uh, you grew up watching the Cowboys and Indians, and the Indians would have a name that meant something. Sitting Bull, who I'm, by the way, related to. Uh, crazy Horse, you know, that, that said some their character. Well, Jesus uses this name here. He says, you of little faith. It's not a positive thing, but he, he's making a point to this. If we can trust God to save us, Shouldn't it be easy to trust him to feed us and clothe us and meet our basic needs? I mean, if we can trust him for something really big like getting to heaven someday, right? It's kind of dumb to worry about the little things, but yet that's what we do. That's why he calls us you of little faith. We all, every one of us should have a little name tag on, right? Uh, you know, a little sticker on our forehead, you have little faith, right? Because we all have it. He constantly wants to stretch our faith. We, we all struggle with this. And that's why he repeats verse, 20, verse 25. He repeats it again in verse 31. He says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? What are you worried about this morning? What are you worried about? Could be clothes, food, basic needs. Could be bigger stuff. Cars and houses and businesses could be even bigger than that. might be our country. It might be the election you're really concerned about. Every time we're anxious, I want to encourage you to do something. Look out the window. Look out the window. Look for a bird. Even in the wintertime, birds find food. Even in the wintertime, they, they somehow find food. How? God provides food even in the wintertime for them. He provides. And maybe you are facing a winter season in your life. A winter's time, a winter season. Maybe it's a winter in your job or a winter in your marriage or your health that you're going through a winter season. That cold, long, cold season of barrenness. Are we going to trust God? Just like those birds, are we going to trust God even in the wintertime? Make a habit. I want to encourage you to do something. Real easy. Make a habit. Every time you see a bird or see a flower, remember something. Remember that, hey, God, thank you for meeting my needs. Thank you for your loving kindness to me. That bird, that flower, is God's reminder to us. Jesus says, that's God's reminder to us that, hey, I have your back. I've got it covered. You're in my hands. I have control. Trust me. And maybe you're today and you're not a child of God yet. What are you waiting for? Because if we're. If we're a child of God, we never need to worry. Are you a child of God? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever put your faith in him, your trust in him? As we go to communion now, the key to worry-proofing our life the birds, the flowers. But it really comes down to communion, doesn't it? It means staying connected with God and staying in close communion. That's the the key, is to stay in close communion with our Father and that trusting relationship with him. We have the elements up here. Once again, the bread represents the body of Christ. The cup represents the blood of Christ. We're remembering that. What we do is we just have a little bit of time of prayer and then some worship playing. And when, when you feel ready, just come up and take it. You can take it back to your seat. You could pray up front with someone. You could take it back to your seat. You can take it with your family. You can take it by yourself. You could take it any way that God leads, but it's between you and God when you're ready to take that cup and that bread. If you're, if you're not ready to take it, don't. If you're not a Christian yet, Bible's very clear. This is for those who have put their faith in Christ. If you're not ready, that's okay. Keep coming, keep praying, keep seeking. We do this every month. But if you're not ready, wait. Also, if there's sin in our life that we are not ready to let go of, it's very important not to take the the communion either. not saying you can't ever sin because we all sin. But I'm talking about when God shows us something and we're like, God, please forgive me. Wash me clean. I want it to be close communion, but if there's something that God's saying, uh-uh, give that up, and we're like, no, uh-uh, I won't give this up. We keep our hands wrapped around it, then we better wait, because we can't take communion in an unworthy way. We've talked about that many times. But I hope that everybody here takes communion. I hope that whatever we're holding on to, that God wants us to give up, we open our hands and give over to him in prayer this morning. If we've never put our faith in Christ, we take that step today. But let's pray. How is God speaking to us this morning on this communion Sunday maybe we live a life of fear and anxiety because we've never put our faith in Jesus Christ we've never become a child of God we can't turn to him as our heavenly father but hopefully today you've seen from John 3 16 God's love for us that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. You can become a child of God right now. It doesn't take a religious ritual or a... You don't need anybody else. It's just between you and God. A prayer between you and God. Right where you're sitting, surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. Something like, God, I, I want you to be my father. Father. I want to be your child. I want to be adopted by you. And I believe you love me so much that you allowed your only son Jesus Christ to die for me. To pay for my sin pay for every wrong thing I've ever done and the mess I've made of my life I believe Jesus died for me I repent of my sin I ask you to forgive me for that life of sin and I put my faith in Jesus Christ I give my life to him If you've prayed that prayer this morning, then the very first promise in the Bible you have to grab a hold of and hang on to is that the Holy Spirit, God's actual spirit, is living in you. And it's going to make you a brand new person. And you can now talk to God as your Father anytime, anywhere, about anything. You can commune with Him starting with this Communion Sunday I want to encourage you to let me know if you've taken that step. felt the card. Tell me on the way out. Tell someone, a friend of yours, whoever. Send me the emails. I'd love to get them. Let someone know so we can encourage you and be excited for you and help you in your new faith. For the rest of us as we go to this communion time, let's take this time to pray. If there's something that's blocking our relationship, to confess it and to ask God for extra grace and extra mercy. But maybe what's hurting our relationship is, is fear and anxiety and worry and trusting God. And hopefully during this time of prayer we would just take hold of God's hand, our Father, God's hand, and by faith ask Him to lead us and to trust Him, help us to trust Him and to Accomplish in our lives what he's looking to accomplish. Father, we ask your Holy Spirit to bless this time of communion. In Jesus' name.